0: Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM
1: 89.3. A very good morning to you. It's me, Danko, with you on Your Money. And now let's get you started on Market View. Asia-Pacific stocks are trading lower this morning with Australia leading the way down by 0.48%. Japan is down by 0.73% and Korea is down the lowest at 2.18%. Now this follows a bout of selling overnight on Wall Street, which saw US shares falling and treasury yields rising on growing unease that relaxing pandemic measures in China would add further inflation to the global economy. The Dow Jones rose 0.11% to close off at 33,242 points. The S&P 500 fell 0.4% to finish off the trading session at 3,829. And the Nasdaq Composite shed nearly 1.4% to end off at 10,353 points. The cautious sentiment-damned investors' hopes for a rally in the last trading week of this year to cap a brutal year for financial markets. And global equities have so far shed a fifth of their value, which also marks the worst annual drop since 2008. The 10-year Treasury yield is above 3.8% and that's up 1.5% at the start of the year. The Nasdaq has performed the worst of the three indexes, losing about 33.8% this year as investors rotated out of growth stocks amid rising recession fears. Dow and S&P 500 are on track to lose at about 8.5% and 19.7% respectively.
0: Yep, certainly. Thank you so much for that, Dan. Quick lowdown of everything to do with the market. We're going to take a deep dive into a few topics now and top of that list is Tesla mm. because it's one notable company driving market movements overnight and it's played a huge role in Nasdaq's decline after the stock fell by 11%. First things first, set the scene for us. What can you tell us about the latest
1: Tesla sell-off? Yes, Tesla's sell-off last night was big and in fact, you know, intensified with the stock closing down 11% and last traded at about 100 and the latest drop comes after the Wall Street Journal reported that Tesla will continue a week-long production halt at its Shanghai facility, and that's facing a fresh onslaught of COVID cases within its Chinese workforce. Last night also marked Tesla's seventh straight day of losses. It was also reported that when Tesla's Shanghai plan reopens in January, it will do so for just 17 days in a break from Tesla's established practices. It did not exactly state a specific reason for for the production slowdown in its output plan and was also not clear whether work could continue outside the assembly lines for the Model 3 and Model Y at the plant during the scheduled downtime. It has also not been established for Tesla to shut down operations for an extended period for Chinese New Year as well, which is something... We're expecting sometime in later in January, and Tesla's latest production cuts at Shanghai come amid a rising wave of infections. After China stepped back from its zero COVID policy earlier this month, you know we are seeing a lot of COVID waves and a lot of numbers just spreading across the country. And while it's been welcomed most by businesses, it has disrupted manufacturing operations outside Tesla as well. And just like many other automakers, Tesla is also facing a downturn in demand in China, the world's largest auto market. In fact, a Earlier this month, Tesla offered an additional incentive for buyers taking possession of vehicles in December and the company has cut prices for Model 3 and Model Y cars by up to 9% in China in addition to a subsidy for insurance costs. Mm. So here's the question, Raushan. Would you buy a cheaper Tesla? Of course I would. I would
0: certainly buy a cheaper Tesla. I mean, whether I buy a car in Singapore, that's another question for for another day. But to answer your question, yes, if Tesla was on discount, it would be an enticing offer because I recently was in America and I dare say 40% of the cars on the road, well, at least the ones I saw, are Tesla cars So wow. clearly Price is not a factor In America But mm. it would be A bit more of a factor In Singapore Would you buy a Tesla On discount? You look like The kind of guy Who would buy a Tesla Even if it wasn't On discount
1: Huh? I would say Yes I would like to buy A there Tesla we go. It looks good It feels good I've tried it before oh, yeah. And But the only thing That's putting me off Is the COE prices Fair enough you know, That's Fair something enough. That's putting Everyone off as well yep. And yes The reason why I ask this Is because you know Tesla has recently Expanded discounts In North America For buyers of Model 3 and Model Y electric vehicles. And this discount came after, you know, they offered incentives in mainland China, as mentioned earlier in December, for auto sales earlier this month. And in fact, you know, we are seeing prices offering $7,500 discounts on EV vehicles. And this comes especially amid the backdrop of Elon Musk's strange trip to purchase the social media site Twitter, and especially seeing how he's gotten under the spotlight of a lot of uh, investors' anger as well, Mm. you know, raising for the reasons of Tesla falling up to almost 70% of its Value from last year. Hmm. So, yes, pressure is also mounting in the used car market with the average price of uh, used Tesla dropping 17% from July highs and with used Teslas lingering longer than other makes before it's resold. Pause that thought. Would you buy a used Tesla? I would buy a used Tesla.
0: If it was cheaper than a discounted Tesla, of course.
1: Yeah, I would think it, that it wouldn't have too much of an issue. And in mm-hmm. fact, if it's covered by insurance, I don't see an issue in buying a used car. Fair enough. What about yourself?
0: Especially if it's a 17% drop that you mentioned, then I certainly would be okay to buy. I'm okay with uh, secondhand products to that, to that extent. Yep. Phones
1: are fine. Cars are fine. Certainly a Tesla would be fine for me. Well, for so, me, I feel like it if it gets me from A to B yep. and if it functions fine without yep. having to pay too much for maintenance, yep. I think that's good. Then perhaps that's you don't good. need a Tesla, you just need a bicycle gets you from A to B. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's something I may consider as well, you know, New Year resolution. <laughs> but yes, so continuing back at Elon Musk and Twitter and Tesla. As what we've mentioned just now, we've talked about Tesla stock falling almost up to 11% last night and this also comes against the backdrop of Twitter, which Musk has been continuing to flirt with controversy, you know, welcoming back previously banned users, enabling the continued releases of internal messages that's related to the company's past handling of COVID and election-related content and flip-flopping on policy changes. So, as you can see, Tesla has been or Elon Musk, I should say, has been handling a lot of uh, very controversial controversial and quite, you know, making a lot of questionable actions, which is why I believe it has contributed to quite a bit of a drop in Tesla's shares. And Tesla's shares has fallen about 73% from their record high in November from last year. And the stock is down 69% year-to-date. That's more than double the decline in the Nasdaq. For the month of December, Tesla has plunged 44%. And that's by far its worst month ever. And it had never fallen more than 25% in a single month. So you can see this is almost like a two-times drop. Mm. And in the fourth quarter, the stock is down about 59%. That's worse than its 38% drop in in the second quarter of this year. As of now, Elon Musk's electric car company is days away from closing out its worst month, quarter and year on record, and has moved past Meta to become the worst performing stock from this year among the most valuable tech companies. So, yes... Tesla, I think it's still going to make the news as we move on into the new year to see how they're set to perform. Hopefully, there's some new cars that can, you know, drive market sentiments and investors hope as well. And, yeah. you know, Elon Musk has also recently talked about the fact that he may step down once he's found a successor at Twitter. So, that's something that uh, remains to be seen and we'll be watching closely.
0: Yeah, certainly a story we will be keeping a close eye on Money FM 89.3. You talk about hopefully have better things in the new year, right? Mm. You know, in life, sometimes we all go through years where we just want to put behind us. I feel like Elon Musk has had one of those years. He's seen (laughs) all this trouble with Twitter. He's seeing Tesla... Nosedive really. There's no other word to describe what's happening to Tesla, right? So Hmm. it's certainly a bit worrying. But hopefully the new year brings brighter things for Tesla as Tesla's Elon Musk as well as the investors. That's something we'll be keeping a close eye on. Money FM eighty nine point three. Welcome along. It's Market View, Dan Co giving us the lowdown on Tesla, Twitter, and Elon Musk. Then I'd like to move it on slightly to something else with the U.S. battling a historic blizzard across the nation. which has seen the death toll rising to mm. 65 as of yesterday. And I would like to understand the economic impact of this. One company that is showing signs of struggle is Southwest Airlines. Tell
1: us more. Yes, Southwest Airlines, they cancelled almost two-thirds of its flights just yesterday. And this is a very stark contrast to the rest of its rivals who were able to recover from this blizzard that we are seeing in the US with greater ease. The chaos will prove quite costly to the airline with city analysts estimating that it could shave as much as 3 to 5% from southwest fourth quarter earnings. There is also a reputational cost as well with a lot of angry travellers stranded over holiday season and the airline having to apologise much as it did. Similarly, after the collapse you know, of the storms in back in October... Of last year. So the performance also left Southwest as an outlier in the industry, as mentioned earlier, with United Airlines Holdings, Delta Airlines, American Airlines Group, and JetBlue Airways all reporting no more than 2% of their flights cancelled as of yesterday. So two-thirds of its flights that were cancelled yesterday then marks up to almost nearly 60 to 70% of it. Mm. So that's quite concerning as well. And the U.S. Department of Transportation even said that it was concerned by Southwest quote-unquote unacceptable rate of cancellations and they will be investigating reports of a lack of prompt customer service. The Dallas-based Southwest shares declined as much as 5.7% last night, while United rose, and American and Delta declined about 1%. There is also little relief in sight, with another 61% of Southwest's schedule to cancel for today, and at least 10% tomorrow. So it makes it a little bit difficult to rebook stranded travelers as well. Mm. And the DOT also said that it will examine whether the cancellations were controllable and if the company would be complying with its customer service plan as well.
0: Mm, certainly worrying for Southwest and I understand the the economic impact it's had in terms of share prices dropping and being under investigation by the Department of Transportation. But mm. spare thought for those trying to travel, to get back with family, to be together for this festive season. Their travel plans up in the air because of the cancellations as well. So it must be Pretty rough for the passengers as well as the airline itself. Hopefully, the blizzard clears up in due course and everything can go back to some form of normalcy. Now, let's move it on elsewhere around the world. Russia has announced a ban on oil sales to countries that abide by a price cap imposed by the West this month. Mm. Dan, what do you know about this?
1: Yep, just yesterday, Russia announced that it would ban oil sales to countries, like you mentioned, that abide by a price cap imposed this month by the West. And this is actually, you know, its long-awaited response to the most dramatic step that's taken so far to limit Moscow's ability to raise funds for its war in Ukraine. And just to take a recap, under the price cap which took effect as of 5th of this month, all traders must promise not to pay above $60 per barrel, for Russian seaborne oil to retain access to Western financing for such crucial aspects of global shipping as insurance and you know the cap has been set close to the current price for Russian oil but it's still far below the prices at which Russia was able to sell it for mm. much of the past year when windfall energy profits helped Moscow offset the impact of the financial sanctions as well. As we take a broader look at things, you know, Russia is actually the world's second largest exporter after Saudi Arabia and any disruption to its sales would have a far-reaching consequences for the global energy supplies. And the Kremlin ban would also halt crude oil sales to countries participating the price gap from February as of next year to July first of next year as well. So a separate ban on refined oil products such as gasoline and diesel would also take effect on a date that's to be set by the government and Putin would also have authority to overrule the measures in special cases. So certainly very concerning times and in fact as we take a look at Russia, you know, according to its finance minister, Russia's budget deficit could also be wider than the planned 2% of GDP in 2023 Mm. as the oil price cap squeezes Russia's export income and that's an extra fiscal hurdle for Moscow as it continues to spend heavily on its military campaign in Ukraine. In fact, some analysts have also said that the cap would likely have little immediate impact on the oil revenues that Moscow is earning as the price for Russian oil has already fallen close to it. So, it may or may not limit Moscow's ability to profit from future price shocks. But then again, the story will continue to develop and it's something that we're watching very closely as well.
0: Yep, certainly. Thank you so much for that, Then Let's bring it closer back to home now. We're currently about 20, 21 minutes into the local trading day and yesterday, the Straits Times Index closed higher by 0.27% to end at 3,266 points. Dan, how is STI performing today?
1: Mm, much like the rest of the region, the Straits Times Index is currently flat and is trading at 3,266 points.
0: Alright, thank you for that. As you know, every bottom of the hour will bring you the up-to-date numbers for the markets now we're going to play a game of up or down and if you're a regular listener of the show you know how this one goes i'll be picking a stock or a topic and dan will be guessing whether it's an up or down stock now dan is alone today so listeners play along with him won't you
1: dan first one maple tree logistics trust maple tree logistics trust now this one i'm gonna go with an up because they have agreed to sell its 23 year old cargo lift warehouse on 3 Changi South Lane to Nova Furnishing Holdings for about $22 million as part of its manager's rejuvenation strategy. And the REITs manager said that the divestment was considered since the warehouse specifications are quote-unquote outdated and it is no longer suitable nor efficient to meet the requirements of today's logistics users. In fact, letting go of the property is likely to improve the REITs' financial flexibility you know, to pursue investment opportunities with higher yields or higher growth potential and that may also help to deliver long-term sustainability value to its unit holders. Okay, so Maple Tree up for you. Number two, Neo. Neo. hmm, this is going to be a down for me because just like what we've painted just now on Tesla's uh, picture for mm. next year, Neo is also suffering a little bit of a decline and it's lowered its fourth quarter of this year's delivery outlook. In fact, the Chinese electric vehicle, which is listed on the main board of SGX, mm. they lowered its fourth quarter delivery outlook to 38,500 vehicles, and that's from its previous prediction of about 43,000. So, you know, the company is saying that this is due to supply chain constraints and delivery and production difficulties in the month of December as major cities in China face a COVID-19 outbreak. So not a very surprising sign that we're seeing here, especially now that China China has pivoted its uh, COVID-0 policy approach. So, yes, this is going to be a down for me. Okay, Neo down in at number three, UOBK Hyan. UOBK Hyan. Now, this one is going to be a down for me as well because the SGX regulation has barred UOBK hen from undertaking new mandates to act as an issue manager or full sponsor for IPOs and reverse takeover submissions on the local boards. And, you know, this was the outcome after the market regulator deliberated the actions that were taken against the brokerage firm by the MAS, and considering the interests of the market. So this doesn't seem like good news for UOBKH. I'm going to go with a down for this one. Okay, and finally, Chip Ng Sing. Okay, Chip Eng Sing. This one is going to be an up for me because... Property players of Cheap Insync's independent financial advisor said that the terms of couple Gordon and Celine Tang's offer to privatize the company at $0.75 per share are on quote-unquote fair on balance. And when asked to elaborate on how he concluded the deal, they said that it was fair and reasonable as well. The final offer consideration, it represents a discount of approximately 43.9% 43.9% to the revalued net asset value. It came to the conclusion that the offer is still fair against the factors that it did not outweigh the four factors. So this... Looks like good news for Chipping Sing to go private. I'm going to go with an up for this.
0: Okay, thank you so much, Dan. That's Chipping Sing up, Maple Tree up, Neo down, UBKHN down. Danco, thank you so much for joining us on Market View this morning.
1: Thank you, Roshan. That was good and great fun with you.
0: Thank you so much. Listeners, do stay tuned to Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM,